This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. A little bit of rush still for me. You didn't. Uh, you listen. you have been flown <laughs> out of the face-off circle now. Yes, that's because exactly what would happen. Twice you have jumped the gun. That's what would so happen. Exactly. You would be thrown out of any NHL face-off yep. circle. That's what would happen. And if you were, any uh, collegiate face-off yeah, circle. Embarrassing. If you, if, if you were what? By the way, uh, welcome to Sandy and Sean. I'm Sean Drotar, Sandy Clough. Is on my left, and uh, yes, you can tell this is the second day of our uh, reconstituted show here at Mile no, High Sports. No, no one, but people can hears see it that, but the people see now can see, see that you've yeah. jumped the gun. That, that so there's visual evidence. That on faceoffs. That's a good way of putting it. Yep. The uh, not not used to you know big voice guy coming in. I just decided I'm just going to jump. Oh wait, wait. <laughs> Mike's not even on well, yet. So if you were yeah. watching it on MileHighSports.com or on the free. Uh, app See, it's and a thinking, little different. I could do his job. You're probably right. You probably could. Uh, <laughs> it's that sort of timing that uh, I'll get. But uh, but it would have sounded good if the if the mic was on. I mean, I think. I mean, I well, was, see, that's why I was. I mean, I was all in. Yeah, Dan. I was all in that's on that. I was just going to jump in and just blah, go right at it. And uh, no. oh, you're fired up. Yeah. The I'm, first thing you said to me when we came into the studio, or in the lounge outside mm-hmm. the studio here, which has been redone. It is. I yeah. It's been yeah. redone. Big projects. Fancy. March much must be a magic month here. We a bunch of things going on. Things going on. Yeah. In March. But the first thing you said to me is that we're going to fight over our lead. Subject we, we might. Today. That was the first thing you we said might. to me. Not, not hello. Not actually. I didn't even how right. you feel about the show yesterday. You look, I'm forward to the show a, today. No, you were you were feisty, jumpy today. Maybe a little edgy. I guess got a little something. Too much caffeine. I don't know what's going on. But the I didn't think that was such a thing for me. Actually, I mean, I think my blood is mostly caffeine now. Maybe I have too much blood. Maybe the blood levels yeah. too high. Maybe that's the problem. But the Denver Broncos have been extremely aggressive out of the gate in free agency, and that has a couple different meanings that we'll dig into. But first, let's take a look at what essentially amounted to a trade-off in personnel. The Broncos uh, decided to let Draymond Jones test the market. He ends up going to Seattle on a pretty big deal. The, the deal we anticipated, anticipated that he would get. Yeah. Uh, for three years or four years, we both thought it'd be for about $17, 17. million. Yep. And on our average annual value basis, would be similar to the McGlinchey deal. Mm-hmm. Um but actually, they pay more than $5 million over the course of three years less for Zach Allen, right. which will be part of our debate and, and here in a few minutes. there's a guy that basically that's the replacement. They go get Zach Allen, of course, uh, very familiar with the Broncos. New former head coach, now defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph, who worked with Allen in Arizona. And they are... Different players, but yes, essentially what they've done is they've traded what Jones would have made, paid that to McGlinchey instead, and then saved some money by getting Allen. Allen and Jones are players that are going to essentially play in the same spot. This is this is a replacement. They're, Allen's going to play where Jones played, barring something strange. But they are different players. They bring different aspects to the game, and they're not the same guy. They're both 3-4 technique. Right. Defensive linemen. 
Yes. And both can and, and play they, on the inside, but they're usually really in a four three. But I consider both to be edge players. I do too. I, I think that's that's the way to take a look at it. You're looking at and and two guys that are on the edge that are essentially going to replace one another. And in Allen's case, maybe not a guy that gets after the quarterback in the way that Draymond Jones does, but I think a guy that's better setting the edge against the run. I think if you look at the way Zach Allen kind of sets the edge against the run, it's more efficient than Draymond Jones. Now, one personnel movement doesn't necessarily equate on how the Broncos are going to run their defense, but also it doesn't mean that it's not indicative of it. Is that some expectation that under Vance Joseph, as opposed to Ujiro Evero, the Broncos may be a little less interested in a defense that swarms and attacks the quarterback. Could that move be part of this equation here? Draymond Jones, obviously a guy that's maybe known as getting a little more sacks. He's only had 22 in his career, but the expectation is if he had been healthier over the course of his career, he would have gotten more. A lot of people thought, uh, including me, quite frankly, last season, that maybe this is the year that Draymond Jones breaks out and gets double-digit sacks. That did not happen. I thought didn't he hurt his, did uh, sort of break out. Though. Didn't hurt his, his uh, earning potential, obviously. Right. And I think, uh, you know, Seattle had no pass rush last year. And I, I find it interesting. I've read in some of the postings below various pieces that have been written on the Broncos, the Athletic, perhaps at ESPN, but more so the Athletic comments that the Broncos should try to do whatever they can to get Shelby Harris back. I think Shelby Harris had a pretty good year in Seattle, but Seattle was one of the five least effective pass rush teams I also think Shelby Harris is in the NFL. Probably satisfied with his time with the Denver Broncos. Oh, I think so. <laughs> I think that, and I think that would Draymond be the simplest Jones, way to put it. I think Draymond Jones Very is similar. satisfied with I his agree. time with the Denver Broncos. Both have similar personalities. Uh, I like both uh, quite a bit. Uh, they speak out. They tell mm-hmm. the truth uh, as they see it. And I do like Draymond Jones a little bit more than you do. I would agree that in 2021, when George Payton, before the season began, predicted not only would Draymond Jones in 2021 have a breakout year, but Payton, as you may recall, said that he already thought Jones had had a pretty good year, at least resembling a breakout year in 2020. Mm-hmm. Well, he neither had a breakout year in 2020. Peyton was just wrong about that. Nor did he have a breakout year in 2021. I thought last year, 14 games, right? right. 14 games played. Six and a half sacks. I think when he was healthy before missing time late in the year, he was effective. I thought there were times that he had more impact than anybody else on the front seven. Uh, You argue for DJ Jones. I would would agree with you on DJ Jones over the first half of the year. He, too, was banged up a little bit. And, of course, as a nose tackle, he's going to take more of a beating, and he's not going to play as much as an edge rusher would play. But I think Jones is a little bit better than you do. Uh, I think we agree basically on Zach Allen. I I thought taking the Allen signing as a single proposition, 
mm-hmm. not bringing Jones into it and who's better, Jones or Allen. I thought it was a good signing, not necessarily a great one, but a good one. And the interesting thing I see in the signing is that apparently Vance Joseph, as defensive coordinator, has more input on personnel issues than he did as a head coach here in 2017 and 2018. That's, see, that's an interesting observation because I, I hadn't really thought about it, but you're right. I mean, obviously, when he was head coach here, not a, a lot of say in personnel at all. I mean, that was John Elway's show. He was, he was running that. Vance Joseph, you're, you're coaching what you've been handed. In this case, especially given that Allen comes right from Arizona, where Vance Joseph coached him last year, you get the impression that, yeah, that, that did have something to say. But these guys are, are, are similar in a lot of ways. Draymond Jones, third-round pick out of Ohio State 2019. Zach Allen, third-round pick uh, at Boston College. Same draft. I mean, these guys were picked six picks apart. Right. Uh, Allen is a little bit younger, only by months. But, I mean, last year, Sandy, Draymond Jones had 24 tackles and 23 assists, 47 combined. Zach Allen had 23 tackles, 24 assists, 47 combined. Uh, one sack different. Jones, of course, had the six and a half. Allen, five and a half. But by the numbers, they look to be very similar players. But I, but I think there is a difference in, in style. Uh, Allen is better against the run. Draymond Jones, in theory, should be a more significant I pass rusher. And I think he is a better I, pass I rusher. I, I give him the edge, although... Um, Jones last year at 16% in pass rush win rate was sixth among defensive tackles. I don't yeah, know I don't, why don't they really rank them both as defensive tackles, but they do. And uh, Zach Allen, 15% pass rush win rate, ranked number eight. So again, the proximity of one to the other is a so major at a certain point, part of the story here. It is six uh, six of one half dozen. Yeah, you're of the splitting other. hairs, and uh, but it comes uh, down they, to a five they, million they dollar had, difference. They both had, and maybe you know we can debate what breakout year really means, right? But both had, I thought, their best years in 2022. So I can see I how Seattle would be interested in Jones, maybe more so than the Broncos would. And I can see why the Broncos, more so than Arizona, would be interested in Zach Allen, who had five and a half sacks, 20 quarterback hits, 10 tackles for losses, uh, eight knockdowns of passes, which was the Shelby Harris mm-hmm. uh, feature here in Denver that was uh, most evident. And Allen was actually among defensive linemen, I believe, number one in passes knocked down last year with those eight. Here's the deal, though. And you talked about Jones missing games, and we just made reference to three games he did miss Mm -hmm. last year. Allen has never played a full season in the NFL. 13 games, 15 games, and 13 games in each of the last three years. He needs to play more. Yeah. He needs to play. And there would more. be an argument with Draymond Jones, the same thing, you know, that the, the, the injuries have been problematic. And, and so I guess if you're the Broncos, I see, I look at this basically swap and $5 million savings, essentially is really what it boils down to. Right. I mean, uh, you're talking about, and it's, 
uh, even on the on the yearly, a little less than that. Because the average annual value for Allen's ends up being fifteen point nine million, Draymond Jones seventeen point one. So you're really per year on average about one. Yeah, the guarantee for Allen though over three years is thirty two and a half. It is so to nine million thirty. Yeah, or, so or party, yes, a little. You know, bit, it's bit in uh, Juwan James territory. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. The, 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 the total. Yeah. Remember the total that, guarantee. I'll, I'll always remember that. Four-year deal with Juwan James mm-hmm. in 2019, right? Right. $32.5 million guaranteed dollars on a $50 million deal. And that's, I look just at the guaranteed money. It was over right. $8 million a year for a guy who basically never played here. Um, I want to get your sense quickly on each of these signings and their value. Mm-hmm. I, I, I said that I thought Allen was a good move if you had to put a letter grade on it. Yeah, it's a maybe B. maybe B plus. Sure, maybe a B that could be a B plus. McGlinchey, to me is a C plus to B minus, and it's only higher than C because of Menelik Watson, Donald Stevenson, Juwan James, Billy Turner, and others who have tried to play right tackle for the Broncos in the last. Was, I don't know if it's fair to ding this to particular so. signing because the other signings haven't worked out. I mean, causality. No, I'm not digging commonality it. Commonality isn't I'm, causality. I'm raising it. I'm saying he'd be oh. a C. Oh, the bar's so low. But the yeah. bar is so low, okay. I'd say C plus B minus right. for at least a functional, if not particularly good, NFL tackle. Because they it, anything is better than what they've I had. A so I than functional, but okay, well, that's fine. We'll, well see. I, I don't know that he is special as a pass blocker. I mean, he gave up 18 sacks last year. Yeah. And and, and uh, or, or over the previous over four the previous, years yeah. and gave up, I think, a career high half a dozen or thereabouts last year. So I, I'm not uh, oddly, if you want to get into about him. He's total. a middle of the pack pass blocker among tackles. He could actually sleep. stand a whole very as weird as it is because not a lot of penalties. Uh, strangely, no. you, could, you could almost say you could afford to maybe hold a little more often and save your quarterback a couple hits here and there. He's, he's a top five blocker for the running game. Yeah, outstanding run blocker. I, I, he's, he he's is, he is outstanding. But as a tackle, you pa- as a pass probably blocker? emphasize his pass blocking yeah, a little more. There, and there he's middle of the pack, 32nd out of 64 Look, here's, tackles. Here's rate. the reality when you're talking about Lyman, and you and I actually... <laughs> had this conversation about Juwan James before the the very nature of there there's look there are certain positions in this sport that if you have one you do not let them go you move heaven and earth to make sure they don't go one is quarterback and the other is tackle because they're almost as hard to find as one another and the tackle is protecting your most expensive asset on your team, which is almost always going to be your quarterback. Anytime an offensive lineman, now I don't care how good they are or how good a team they're on, hits free agency, there are reasons. Because if the San Francisco 49ers, who are consistent contenders, believe that they can still be contenders without him, there's a reason for that. And there, that, that's, there is a there caveat is. emptor to all of these free agent moves, especially when you're talking about offensive line. And it's part of the reason the Broncos have consistently gotten burned on the right tackle well, position. Here's an example of that. I don't mean to pick on Sean Keeler, but he wrote in the Denver Post this morning a column headline, Don't Deal Judy. We'll get into that in a minute. After winning the start of free agency. 
and he raves about what the Broncos have done uh, coming into free agency this year, and he writes, the Broncos come roaring out of day one, the NFL's legal tampering period like secretariat, stomping out old fires and backfilling across the board. Offensive line, upgrade. QB2, upgrade. Tight end, two, upgrade. Alex Singleton, back in the fold. Who knew shopping with Rob Walton's credit card was going to be this much stinking fun? Oh, I think Sean falls <laughs> into the same trap that many of us have over the years regarding free agency. Free agency is always overrated. It's a As a team building mechanism. Yes, it is it, a, it's always overrated. He did hit the note and, in there. Backfilling. Well, Backfilling. He's talking about their past failures in free agency, right. which have been many whether it was John Elway at the helm or George Payton at the helm. They have not succeeded on the free agency level for basically a decade since the, mm-hmm. the year that they hit on DeMarcus Ware, Aqib Tlaib, among others. Right. <laughs> they hit the jackpot which, which, which in free came agency. from the coattails of Peyton Manning. Right. right. Absolutely. But, uh, again, just – to make myself clear, I, I would bump up McGlinchey from C to C plus, maybe even B minus, based on the fact that he fills seemingly not only a hole, but a bottomless pit. Uh, yes. The Broncos have had no functional, healthy offensive right tackle in the last nine years. They've had people playing out of position who were good guards. Right, mm-hmm. we we remember that happening on occasion. I would give the Ben Powers signing a B plus I because think, I, I think he's coming on, and I think the guy he replaces, Dalton Reisner, is receding. I think that's their best signing as well. I do. I think that's the when you're talking bang I for would the give buck. That that's signing my the highest one. grade. Yep. Stidham to me is a C. I don't see much difference between Stidham and Rippon. That's just moving deck chairs around. You know, they they have liked Stidham, I guess. Uh, I I assume Sean Payton has studied him. Uh, Didn't Sean Payton spend some time in Belichick's training camp a while back? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure Stidham was still there. Stidham started uh, late in the year after Derek Carr was benched by the Raiders in 2022. Uh, the tight end, uh, Marhurts, is, is, is a second it's a, tight it's end. It's a good He's signing. just a blocker. Yeah. It's, it's fine. C, C Nothing plus. wrong with it. Good signing. Bringing back Singleton. Uh, it sounds like uh, our friend Sean Keeler at the Post would give that an A or A minus. To me, that's also a I would a give C. it a B. I see. B my, oh, I even, okay. I even think I, I'm rating them higher than you do. I even think and it's I, less. I do. Listen, 120 tackles means nothing when you're making tackles six yards uh, down the field. I I don't want to hear about volume when it comes to tackles. Right. I I don't want to hear about it because you don't know where those tackles will be made. I'll give you my brief thought on that. That that I pay attention to. I think the the middle linebacker Alex Singleton, even his admirers, know that he can't cover you or me. Coming out of the back. Well, I, I don't know about you, but he could probably cover me. But I did. But I've, I can. I've got I can, some moves. Yeah, I know you do. I, I can see the point. But the, the, the idea that I mean, okay, Alex Singleton was fifth in the league in combined tackles, right? 
But you go ahead and look up and down the names of the top tackles in the league, or the top tacklers when it's all, all said and done. And guess where they almost exclusively play? Middle linebacker. Yeah. And if you were picking names like Cody Barton or Drew Tranquil or TJ Edwards. How many all pro Or teams Jordan Brooks. Guys uh, those guys are all in the top 15 of tackles. You might not recognize them if they were in the same room as you are. That position, much like the running back position, has become sort of fungible in today's NFL. You can find a competent middle linebacker rather easily. And as a result, I think heavy investment in that position isn't generally worth it unless that person can cover a tight end. Right. Because right now, that's that's the secret weapon in today's NFL. Can you cover the tight end? If you can't, the other team has a built-in advantage on you in that case. And so I have no problem with single coming back. You paired with Jewel Nicely. You have guys who are smart. And he can play special teams. Too. Yes. I, I like the signing. But to me, it's not special. That There are Alex Singletons around. I like it, but I don't think it makes the team significantly better that they brought him back. There's a lot to break down with this. We'll, we'll look at these signings in particular and what they well, we mean. We didn't have this rip roaring debate, by the way. And, uh, yeah, we basically I thought I, I, we basically I agreed. Really I'm not gonna, you were going to be uh, no, a little more I, upset I about losing Draymond. I am not going Jones. to uh, plant my flag, so to speak, at the top guy of the hill on sacks. Draymond Jones versus <laughs> Zach Allen. I'm, I, I'm probably just wise. Probably there wise. isn't a huge difference. And Joseph has coached Allen. He has not coached uh, Draymond Jones. In fact, I think the only two Broncos coached by Vance Joseph defensively are Justin Simmons and Josie Jewell. And now I think Zach it's just those two. Allen, what are your thoughts, by the way? Our caller text line is 303-831-1340. Check us and let, know, let us know what you think. But we'll go back and take a look at this and see what it means and how much does – Getting a good free agent period done actually affect your winning percentage. You might be surprised how little it actually correlates. We'll talk You've about it. You've actually done homework. I have. I, I do that sometimes. We'll, we'll talk about it next on Mile High Sports. I just wanna, I just wanna know if you're gonna, if you're gonna stay. Now more with Sandy Clough and Sean Trotar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. Sandy, the... Concerns about free agency, and there's, there's excitement about it, obviously. When you're the Denver Broncos, you start adding some players you've heard of. You know that there were holes that needed filled. But then again, that's what it is, right? It's holes that needed filled. And that, this is where I want to caution Broncos. Fans. Holes created by bad drafting. Exactly. And we, uh, I think we've done that in the past. You know, you, I think we were fooled like everybody. I, I, we didn't think the Broncos were Super Bowl contenders. We thought maybe if everything went right, they could compete for a wild card. They weren't even close to that. But the prior years, you and I had been consistently, but this team's not going anywhere. They're going to be losing records, and they were. So we're not trying to be downers about it, but at the same time, I have never seen the fan base, and I grew up here, have as big a disconnect from what they expected compared to what they got as we saw last year, ever, after the hype of obtaining Russell Wilson and the hiring of Daniel Hackett, both of which turned out to be one of them a immediate implosion and the other one we'll see if it was permanent or not 
But think about who they've signed. Mike McGlinchey, good signing, good addition. That makes the Broncos better? Sure it does. But it makes the Broncos better in part because, as you pointed out, they had a revolving carousel of nothing for years. So you're you're filling a hole that a contending team already has filled. You're playing catch-up. You upgrade a little bit at the, the left guard position. We, we believe so, at least. Not everybody I does. So. I know Dalton Reisner has a lot of fans in this town, and for good reason. We think they've upgraded. But again, the Broncos' offensive line has been subpar. So you're getting back to, you, look, you're playing catch-up. If, if it wasn't very clear at the Super Bowl how far the Broncos are behind a team like the Chiefs, I don't know what to tell you. The, and the Eagles, too, yeah, when it comes to offensive line The play. very nature of free agency is that you are, it's like it's like having a, in your living room, right? Whatever, you have a big rambunctious dog and it's it runs around chasing Tez Ball and it's knocked some knocked a couple holes in the wall and the drywall, right? Makes your, makes your room look kind of crummy. You patch over all the drywall, fix it up. Does your living room look better? Yeah. Now it just looks like everyone else's. And that's the concern about free agency. Over the U.S. folks at the USA Today, couple of years ago, put together some spending from 2016 through 2020. I went and grabbed more of it to extrapolate. And they, they split it into four categories. Who was big spenders, who spent the most money in free agency, who were active spenders, who signed the most players in free agency, who were bargain hunters, who grabbed the most people under the expected contract value, and people who more or less, and the teams that more or less just kind of stayed out of it. They're like, we're Green good. Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't have a lot of money. We're good. Also, the New Orleans Saints, because Sean Payton by the way, just something to know for Broncos fans to get excited about all the signings. This was Sean Payton's M.O. in New Orleans. Run up the credit card. And eventually when the bill came due, I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know what happened last time. When the bill came due, Sean Payton ducked out. That's just history. Just so you're aware of how that worked previously. And the Saints are still trying to get out from under that cap hell that Payton created with Mickey Loomis at the time. So, Keep that in mind when you see the idea that, look, the Waltons are here. They're going to spend crazy money. Okay, that's 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 cool. We've seen Sean Payton do that before. And it worked. I guess if the Broncos win a Super Bowl, maybe people won't care. Well, when he did it early on, his first few years in New Orleans, obviously those free agents help them win a Super Bowl. And occasionally it can happen when you're, when you're close. We saw the Broncos and John Elway have the most success in free agency after he's got Payton Manning to town. And that's where, look, I will give John Elway the credit he deserves. Let's not pretend that that same summer when Manuel Sanders and TJ Ward and Aqib Tlaib came into town, that they went, oh, my gosh, John Elway called. I need to go play for John Elway. No, no, they weren't playing for John Elway. They wanted to play with Peyton Manning because Peyton Manning, if he plays a whole season, doesn't miss the playoffs. So those are different situations. The Broncos' free agent spending is in hole-filling land. And the, the amazing thing is when you look over all this data, the big spenders didn't do any better than the active spenders. Didn't do any better. Essentially, Sandy, there was no correlation of success between any of those four categories. None. Zero. You know where you find that correlation, though, is in the draft. So you can be a big... You mean the draft where the Broncos have all of five picks at the present time? At the present that time. That draft coming up? At the present time. In and, and five or six weeks? I get it. You can, you can be... Uh, you can be Less need with the, the Rams, and you can say beep those picks and trade them all and win a Super Bowl. That's cool. Guess what they're doing right now? Trying to unload Matt Stafford. So, okay. Well, you've already got Ramsey. Ramsey's already been moved. He's been moved, right? 
You have to you, pay the piper at right. some The bill is eventually now, due. Now, the Rams are very happy with Stafford. Because and, they and knew. With Ramsey, because they got a Super they Bowl They knew win they were close and they went all in. Exactly. And when the Broncos got Peyton Manning, by the nature of getting Peyton Manning, they had a feeling, we're close, we're going to go yes. all in. Yes. That's the smart. Bron- Here's That's the thing, fine. though. The Broncos aren't close. People thought they were close last year because they assumed that Russell Wilson was going to continue his string of Pro Bowl performances. And we found out and they, at And best, they still weren't close to being a contender. At best, at best, Russell Wilson at this point is not a good enough quarterback to lift a team. I think that's fair. Measurably beyond what its capabilities would otherwise be I think without there's, yeah. Russell Wilson. I think there's still no, life in Russell Wilson. That's the best case but I scenario. I, get I think that's your position, basically, that there's still a little bit of life in Wilson, but even you would concede. He's got to have a team around him. That he can't take a bad team and make right. it average, an average team make it good, a good team make uh, make it excellent, an excellent team make it great. And, and it how many teams? I mean, he can't to be do fair, that anymore. That's not really... Tearing him up too much because the truth is, how many quarterbacks in the league can really do that? Patrick Mahomes. Now, I I wouldn't take that best case scenario as my position. I think it's it's very perhaps much even air. worse than that. Yeah. And let's face it. Now he was basically durable for nine years in Seattle. Never missed a game. Right. Last two years, three games missed and three games missed again. Boy, and we we're talking be, about now. We we're talking about Draymond Jones. I don't want to be negative. Let's be fair. And we were saying, well, he, he only played 14 games last year. That's been Russell Wilson's deal. Even if you don't think Russell Wilson is finished, and I don't. Okay, I don't. He's missed three games in each of the last two years. So, assuming that even if the Broncos are better, they are at best a fringe playoff contender in a very strong conference that seems to be getting stronger once Aaron Rodgers is traded to the Jets. You can add the Jets to the list of teams that are way, way, way ahead of the Broncos in the American Football Conference. So if you're going to be considered as a fringe contender, I don't know that you can have your quarterback missing three games and playing Jarrett Stidham for those three games. Now, I don't think Russell Wilson this year will go the way of Derek Carr last year with the Raiders, where they'll decide in the final month of the season, he can't play for us anymore. We're playing Stidham. And then, of course, they get rid of Stidham and bring in Jimmy Garoppolo, which I'm sure Josh McDaniels would consider to be a more than favorable transaction from his point of view. It is an interesting offseason for the Broncos because, yes, I get the, the excitement no of adding picks. talent. But they got five. Yeah. Can and, you believe and, that? A guy in Peyton who has said, You want to collect it. I, I want to collect draft picks. I want to have nine or ten draft picks every year. He's got five. And let's let's be honest about this. What If you want to get into the top two rounds of the draft, Let's be completely honest. What Denver Broncos will net you that? Look, Darren Waller, granted an injury history, Darren Waller got traded to the Giants today for a third. I would argue that when he's healthy, Darren Waller is the third best tight end in the league. He's one of the top five. (laughs) There's there's no doubt about that. I mean, we've seen Darren Waller healthy enough. Yeah, the Broncos certainly have. To to know that he is 
without question, one of the best five tight ends in the league. And, and the injuries hit him last year. Not so much in, in no. previous years. No. Once he came on and established himself. But that's, that's a great point. Who, who do the Broncos have that can get you a, t- a if, top If top Waller two can only get you a third. Justin Simmons. There's one. Well, Justin Maybe Simmons Patrick Sertan. Get you a yeah, first. Right. Patrick, Patrick Sertan, Sertan can Sertan get you, get you a, a first. first. Jerry Judy can't get you a first or a second. I don't in think In my so. opinion. Cortland Sutton, in my opinion. Nope. You agree with me. There's, there's, so, no, there's nobody. Can't get you a first or a second. The Broncos are, KJ are, Hamler might get you a third day pick. Might, yeah, you might get you might. a third day pick. There is nobody. You have no production and an injury history. And here's the thing Russell Wilson wouldn't even net it for you if someone wanted to well, take on the trade. Not. And obviously, with the cap situation, it's not even not. a possibility. Of course. Not. So you're talking about nobody on your offense that could net you a top two pick. Nobody. Two players on your defense who are arguably the two best players on your roster. Yeah. So moving either one of them is obviously not going to be helpful. So this is where the Broncos are realistically. So at a certain point, I get the free agency helps. At least patch some holes. The draft is not going to bring you instant starters. It may not even bring you instant rotation guys. This team's ability to bounce back doesn't rest on free agency. It doesn't rest on the draft. It rests on what the Broncos gave up to get Sean Payton as head coach. Can Sean Payton get Russell Wilson back to the kind of player he was and hopefully maybe help him evolve as he ages? Or what? Because otherwise, Sandy, we're talking about, again, more or less the same roster with some tweaks. Reisner to Powers is an upgrade. Is it an an upgrade that makes the Broncos a significantly better team? No. It's an upgrade. Is McGlinchey over random right tackle X an upgrade? (laughs) Yeah, a substantial one. Does it make the Broncos better? Yes. Does McGlinchey get them Mm -hmm. even... Let's go to the baseball wins over replacement. Did the Broncos win a game because of Mike McGlinchey this year? Probably not. By the way, are you talking about offensive players for whom they might get a first or second rounder? Mm-hmm. And we agreed that no one were, among the were he healthy, Javante Williams, I think, would have done so. I, I but he's not. I agree with that. And I don't think you want to trade him anyway. But, yeah, right. if he were healthy, you could you could certainly get a second. Just don't overrate the Broncos but roster. Garrett Bowles. I don't think you could get a first or second for Garrett Bowles. No, I think you could get a third off, for Garrett Bowles. Broken leg. Right. I think you could get a third. Get maybe a third. It's left tackle. It's desperate. He's, yeah. he's You can advertise. And he's, he's been had a pro bowl, and he's more or less been durable. one great year. Uh, other than last year, durable. But that's adding a third. And he's had maybe one or two decent years. And, and I feel that Garrett Bowles is an average at best left tackle. I agree. And, okay, you trade him for third. Are you even going to be able to get an average at best left tackle? The third round of the not draft? Not the third round. Immediately? I'll tell you what. You can't sign I one? Don't There's think, none in free agency that will be I don't think. In the, you if you don't have a pick in the first 66 selections, I don't believe you can get a plug-in starter at running back, at safety, at corner, at center, at tight end, at left tackle. And I'm talking about needs. Yeah, plug, this plug and play, right. I don't think so. Plug and play. There, There isn't anyone available. I don't care how good a developmental coach Peyton is. There's no way that they can plug holes with draft picks. 
So they are trying, especially in the trenches, to find plug and play guys. Which at least, Sandy, they're doing that. Offense and defense. At least they're doing that. Because it has been a while since the Broncos and I have prioritized they, Obviously, they have three of them. Three of them. Miners, McGlinchey. Well, no, no. Are you no, 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 I, I'm saying three free agents they've signed mm-hmm. who will start immediately, immediately and play. Allen, McGlinchey, yes. Powers. Yes, no question. Right. I'll start. And I, I would agree with you. Miners at right guard. Powers at left. Powers at left McGlinchey guard. at right tackle. McGlinchey at right the tackle. The other two spots are up in the air. Mm-hmm. Even with Garrett Bowles. Setter. I think they'll look to replace Lloyd Cushenberry. I like Lloyd Cushenberry. Physically, it's just not It's not a spot for him. No. And they'll need to upgrade at center. I think Garrett Bowles will end up with the team for one more year because you're not going to be able to trade him for anything of, of significant value that which you can get anything out of it. Uh, look, this team isn't going to go get Orlando Brown Jr. This, that, that's uh, not the cards. No. So there's, you're not going to get better at that position. So th- this is the reality, and I'm, you know, we're not. It's it's March. I'm not throwing cold water. Maybe Russell Wilson bounces back. He and Sean Payton click in a way that he and Pete Carroll never did, and who knows? But this early part of free agency, no matter how the Broncos have have busted out there, and they have landed three starters, but they had two starters there already that would have been okay. They made moderate. Uh, I, I, you would argue maybe they didn't even make an upgrade. This is sort of even even with Jones and Allen, depending on the style you like, or maybe uh, even a slight downgrade. Well, I think it's a yeah, mi- I, I, that's an accurate. I think it's a mild upgrade, but position. And I, I mean, I think there are things to like more about Allen. Um, I know he's twenty five and yeah, Jones is twenty six, but difference. it's really a, a difference of no roughly difference. half a year. Yeah, it's not much different. So that that that. So you've had a mild I upgrade, think. maybe a mild the contracts. Downgrade. The contracts are the same. They're both three-year deals. Uh, the Broncos' package for Allen is forty-five point seven five million. For Jones in Seattle, it's fifty-one million. But the greater guaranteed money goes to Allen here in Denver as opposed to Jones right. uh, in Seattle. And I, I like the fact that. When he's not sacking the quarterback, he had 20 quarterback hits last year. That's pretty good. Ten tackles for loss. So the Broncos are, are better today than they were yeah. at the beginning oh, of the week. Oh, yeah, sure. But it's but, not but night they, and day. But it, it isn't. And, and growth and is going to have to come internally. who are preaching this kind of transformative effect that free agency can have, Sean, you just laid out the argument. And again, the picks, third round, 67th overall. That was part of a trade with Indianapolis, basically a picks trade. They have their own pick, third round, overall 68. Own pick, fourth round, 108. Own pick, fifth round, 139. And in the sixth round, they have a pick at 195, overall, part of the uh, deal for Malik Reed made with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, without That's a lot of the picks. draft for Denver. That's it. Not a lot of picks, not a lot of tradable assets. What positions that they need to address next. How are they going to go do it? We'll take a look at it next on My Life Sports. Turn your back, you're a broken man. Sandy Clough and Sean Drotar.
Weekdays 2 to 4 or on demand anytime in our mobile app. This is Mile High Sports. The Denver Broncos making continued splashes in the early parts of the offseason, and there's a couple ways to look at that. One, obviously, they're reinventing themselves under Sean Payton, and of course, new ownership, flush with cash, richest ownership in all of American sports. The other way to look at it is, and maybe the best way when we look at this aggressiveness, at least ownership seems to understand there's a problem and they're aggressively going out there trying to fix it. Will it work? I don't know. But the first step of fixing it is you have to identify there's a problem. I would say at least I'm comfortable in looking at the ownership group and saying they know there's a problem and they're trying to do what they've done over the course of their lives. Throw money at it to fix it. All organizational power resides with Sean Payton. George Payton has become Brian Zanders, right? Brian Zanders light, in my opinion. There you go. So for those with the, without the reference, when Mike Shanahan, of course, was with the Broncos, Brian Zanders was the GM. Mike Shanahan made all the calls. Zanders was there to make the numbers work, more or less. And I'm not trying to discount the value of that. It's a salary cap league. No, but- and I, John Elway saw value in that for a time until John Elway felt he was up to speed. And then Brian Sanders was eminently expendable. But George Payton, to say... Uh, As is George Payton, by the way. He's effectively... I'm just telling you, he has I'm effectively not for that outcome. Been demoted. Nothing personal. He has effectively been demoted. George Payton's role is to scout, work on scouting, player acquisition, uh, talent acquisition. He's, he's well-regarded for the way he approaches the draft as well. He should be, I think. I, I think even the early returns on his drafts have been good. Uh, and making sure the player valuation is there and making sure all the numbers and contracts work out. Uh, that is, he will die on the altar of the Russell Wilson deal. Uh, and, and the, you know, he also gave Nathaniel Hackett permission to empower Russell Wilson in a fashion that is unprecedented in these parts. And, and in no way, and even Sean Payton said he back. had never heard or didn't understand such an arrangement. Even Sean Payton said that at his introductory. And this is a conference. league that put up with Tom Brady's weirdo personal coach, trainer, guru guy for years. Until <laughs> Bill Belichick said no more, no more and threw him out of the facility. Right. Then again, the, they did still keep them. His company hired as a contractor to keep Brady happy. But anyway, the. No, they didn't tell Brady he couldn't work with a guy. Right. They just threw him off the team plane. Get, get, yeah, you can't and travel. threw him out of the facility. And the Broncos did no such thing until Sean Payton came on right. with respect to Russell Wilson. And I actually think when it comes to Wilson, I actually think he's okay with that because here's we haven't had a chance to talk about this. Here is my thought process on Russell Wilson, the way he approaches things, the way he approaches teammates. Because remember, there are a lot of guys that maybe felt distant from Russell Wilson. There are also a lot of guys that were very in his corner and defending him even as the season went along. Um, how many of them are some of them still are going to be some here. of them are here. Dalton Reisner was yeah. one of Jerry the Judy was major one of ones and Jerry Judy was one. Direct beneficiary. And Reisner is gone and Judy may well be gone. Yes. And Garrett Bowles is one as well on the block. May well be gone. But my thought process in the way Wilson approaches things, and it really kind of manifested over the course of the season as, as you watched him play. Russell Wilson strikes me as a 
football player with a baseball player's mindset. He actually likes the day-to-day grind. He likes that. He likes the, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to work today on this. I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to work like, like he was the, the baseball player he was all the way up into the Colorado Rockies organization where he played second base in the minor league system before he went back to Wisconsin to play football. I think that Peyton may be able to sort of shock Wilson's heartbeat back into rhythm and just come back here and say, look, just come back, be the leader of this team, and do it by example. Show up, grind, do what you're supposed to do. You're obviously a rah-rah type. You, li- you, you like keeping the guys up. You, you're not the guy that throws people under the bus. Just get back to doing that and, and not worry about the rest of it. Wilson, to me, seemed like a guy that tried to get out of his own element to be a star that he never was in Seattle, fair or unfair, and tried to do everything all at once. And when it went haywire, he didn't have anyone on his coaching staff who had enough experience or gravitas to help him find his way back. I don't think he wanted that, though. I, I, I don't think he wanted that. I think he was very happy with a coach he could push around. And... Again, there are different points of view on this, and I have great respect for some of those who feel that 90 to 95% of what was wrong with Russell Wilson was that he had Nathaniel Hackett as his head coach. That did not help. It is not going to be. do not agree with that. In fact, I would say more than one thing can be true. Hackett was incompetent, but the blame for Russell Wilson's decline belongs mostly to Russell Wilson and his refusal to divorce himself, at least on an official basis, within the confines of the facility from members of his personal staff. It's fine that he has a personal staff. It may be helpful in many ways that he has a person. And he's not the only staff. one that does. And I think the most important person in his life with whom he developed a very close relationship passed away in September of 2021. And Russell Wilson has not been the same quarterback since then. And I understand, uh, even empathize with losing that kind of person in your life. And uh, there, there was a very good column, uh, I think, by Sean Keeler. And I want to say Sean Keeler's column in the post today is very good. I don't agree with his position on, on free agency. And, and you made the argument in the last segment. But Sean Keeler had a column a few weeks back. I think it was on a Saturday, about three weeks ago, maybe a month quoting Ryan Leaf, who employed the same performance psychologist, Mm -hmm. who, by the way, is very well regarded uh, for the work he did over the years before he passed away in September of 2021. And Ryan Leaf had worked with this guy, and he had helped Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf has, to a significant degree, straightened out his life. And Ryan Leaf for Westwood one did the Broncos Rams games mm-hmm. back in December, the much remembered fiasco that had cool. players fighting on the sidelines yeah. and so on. Merry Christmas, everybody. But Leaf was doing that game as an analyst for Westwood one. And he ran into Russell Wilson. He knows a little bit. 
And he tried to engage him on the subject, and Russell Wilson didn't want to talk about it, which I can also understand. So I, I do think there are things that have happened with Wilson, and, and, and the fact that he was traded and attendant to that trade were unrealistically high expectations. Um, I, I grant him certain leeway based on that as well. But to me, none of those things you're talking about showed up last year, and I understand he likes Peyton, may have even argued for Peyton to replace Pete Carroll in Seattle mm-hmm. uh, and be empowered as a virtual coach general manager. But I just don't sense that there is a way for Wilson to lead this team that isn't tied to playing so much better than he did last year that I just can't envision it at age 34. I I just can't envision somebody descending to that level and bouncing back to a previous level that, frankly, he had reached by September of 2021. And this wasn't just a decline last year. It was a big drop off yeah. from the previous year yes, but was. there had been a more gradual erosion of his skills and i don't think you can even if you're creative as sean payton is and you believe in discipline and toughness and football makeup and character and all these things he talked about at, at his initial press conference I, I don't know that there's a way to put those qualities into practice in a way that will change markedly the way Russell Wilson plays. And uh, as we discussed last year, I think at the wide receiver position, uh, it, it was a complete disaster in the sense that he hurt the wide receivers and the wide receivers hurt him and both were overrated as it turned out, and I think Peyton's apparent desire, and it really is Peyton running the show. Oh, yeah, no question. Sean Keeler's right about that, by the way, too. Uh, The very fact that they're shopping one or multiple wide receivers is an indication that Sean Peyton feels the wide receivers at least did not help Russell Wilson last year and probably feels that they hurt him. There's a lot to dissect, and of course, free agency, at least uh, technically, the signing part of it hasn't even begun, so we'll continue to stay on top of that, but the Colorado Avalanche started their road trip last uh, night with a bang, both good and bad. We'll talk about the win and the loss of Arturi Lekin and what it means next on Mile High Sports.